It's time for another podcast rewind and the episode I've picked today is one of my favorite digital marketing deep dives that we've done all about Brewdog's marketing. Enjoy. Brewdog is a craft beer brand well known for its marketing. Their publicity stunts have helped them become the highest revenue craft beer brand in Europe and the fastest growing beer brand in the US with annual revenues of almost a quarter of a billion pounds. That's over 300 million dollars. Now, we're going to share three key lessons from BrewDog's marketing that any business can apply. So even if you're not B2C, you're not selling direct to consumer like BrewDog does, you're not selling through uh, pubs and restaurants like BrewDog does, that's okay. The lessons that we're pulling out today are universal and we're going to talk about how you can tweak and implement the strategies BrewDog is using for your own business. By the way, if you want to watch the video version of this, then you can head over to the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel and you'll see a uh, full breakdown, including some of the screenshots and website walkthroughs as we go. Let's do this. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing page. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm a CEO at Exposure Ninja and best-selling digital marketing author. In this episode, we're going to be analyzing the digital marketing and the marketing strategies that BrewDog has used to make itself such a force in this space, which is such a competitive space. Now, we're going to break down three lessons. These are the things that they're doing really well. And we're also going to look at the areas where they could improve, the things that have a bit of low-hanging fruit because there is as much to learn from a case like this, where someone isn't doing everything right, as there is copying the stuff that's going really well. Then at the end, I'll wrap up with some prompts to give you. These are the things to think about and take away and explore with your own business. So let's start with what BrewDog is doing really well then. BrewDog has not just customers, it has fans. And to build fans, you don't do this accidentally. You have to stand out. And what's the best way to stand out? Well, it's to stand for something. Now, BrewDog has a brand mission and a brand's charter. And yeah, 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 I, I get it. So does your company. It might be something like engage effectively with our markets and drive stakeholder engagement, or basically something else where the word engage and engagement is repeated over and over again. Most of the time, a company's mission is total BS and it's never really used. But BrewDog actually uses theirs and they have a personality and a set of values which you can see coming through from behind it. BrewDog's mission is to make other people as passionate about great craft beer as we are. And for me, this is what great marketing is. Great marketing is about transferring your passion for something to other people. So one thing that comes across in all BrewDog's adventures, if you like, is that they wouldn't be doing these things if they weren't passionate and that passion comes through. Now I get that you're not necessarily going to be able to demonstrate the same passion for HR software or whatever it is that you sell necessarily as something that is as uh, as kind of uh, well chemically addictive as beer. But you can be passionate about the effect. You're passionate about the mission that you're on. You're passionate about the impact that your business has. And for example, I'm ridiculously passionate about the effect of good marketing on business. 
And hopefully that comes through in what Exposure Ninja does is that we are really, we are truly obsessed. We can't even watch TV without analysing all the ads. We can't go on any website without analysing the look and feel of the website, the layout, the conversion optimization. Social media is a total nightmare because everything you're analysing, not just what is it from a consumer's point of view, but how is the marketing working? What's the strategy behind it? That passion comes through and it passion comes through with BrewDog as well. Now, in fact, over the years, BrewDog has used various publicity stunts. For example, they've done things like making the UK's strongest beer. And they've actually done this a few different times. In one particular case in December 2009, uh, what's it called? It's called Tokyo. Um, It was banned by the UK watchdog, by a UK watchdog uh, called the Portman Group. Now, this was really lucky for them, really, because this then gives BrewDog an enemy to fight against. And the important thing when you're standing for something is you're also standing against alternatives to that. So they're really passionate about beer. They're really, in this case, they were saying, you know, sometimes you absolutely need to just go crazy and you really want a high alcohol content beer. And here's this big baddie, the Portman Group, which wants to stop people from binge drinking and all these you know, all these things like this. And BrewDog can then take some whacks at them and say, you know, this is what uh, this is what's wrong with the industry. We're being policed. This is all nanny state. And in fact, they actually released a follow-up beer called Nanny State. So they're using this enemy to kind of lean against. It's a bit of a Donald Trump strategy, isn't it? Where you just find some kind of public enemy to go up against and use that as a way of communicating your values and showcasing what you're really about. The great thing about being banned for something means that you get loads of attention, you get loads of links. We'll look at SEO later. BrewDog has a ridiculously enviable link profile because so many news publications have talked about all of their various publicity stunts over the years, including the strongest beer thing. Now, sometimes these publicity stunts don't go particularly well. They launched a pink IPA, which was beer for girls, and it was pretty universally panned. They had to kind of quickly switch perspective and say, well, this is what lazy lazy beer marketing looks like, and we're just doing a parody of that. But I think it was too late. That horse had already bolted and people were pretty scathing about it. Now, if there's anything that you could use to sum up BrewDog's publicity stunts, it's that they get attention, but it's not all good. And gets attention, not all good would probably be BrewDog's school report summary. That's the thing about publicity stunts. You're not always going to make everybody love you, but there's going to be a sector of the population. Hopefully that matches with your target customers that get what you're doing. Even if they don't think the execution is 100% every time, They understand the mentality behind it. And then it becomes a bit of a dog whistle for them. They can see the, uh, you know, the attention, the flack that you're taking, and this kind of bonds you together with them. Now, since 2020, BrewDog's announced that they're toning down the stunts, but they're finding other ways to put their passion and personality across. Um, So doing things like opening these doghouse hotels. And these doghouse hotels are carbon negative, dog friendly hotels. Uh, there's one in the um, in, in Edinburgh in Scotland, and it's 30 craft beers on tap in the bar, shower beers in the 20 epic rooms, 24 hour hot dogs to your door, your beer fueled adventure awaits. Now, doesn't that just sound so brewdog? There's the carbon negative dog friendliness, there's the beers in the bar, there's shower beers in the room. I don't even know what that is. 
24 hour hot dogs. They've got this dog theme running through. It's just so brew dog. You could, if you distilled the essence of the brew dog personality, that thing comes out. So as they're trying to transition away from the publicity stunts to communicate their values, they're doing things more like this. And this is something that's much more workable for if you're listening to this podcast. Now, I'm not saying you need to open a hotel and make the whole hotel have your brand's personality. But there are things like this which can communicate why you're different, even if it's just you're running a study or a survey to find out what's going on in your industry because you're concerned about some particular cause, or you want to create some training for people in your industry because there's something that you're really passionate about and you've noticed that there's a gap and you're going to offer this training free of charge because it's your mission to X. So there's ways of having impact that's outside your core product, which you can use to communicate what your brand is all about. And BrewDog also has this slightly strange thing called the BrewDog Network. This is basically a version of Netflix, but where BrewDog is the star of every show. If you've listened to uh, the Exposure in podcast or our videos for a while, you'll know that MailChimp did a version of this where they had these really weird kind of um, series that this whole website for all these video series that they put together. Honestly, when I see these sorts of things, it just looks like some video agency has put together a really good pitch and persuaded these brands to do these things because it, particularly the MailChimp one, had very, very little resonance with, with anything that they were selling. Now, the BrewDog one is slightly better given that the, Brew, the, the BrewDog brand is kind of the star of every show. So they'll have a bit of you know behind the scenes of opening their US operations and it'll be the founders talking about it or they'll have um, stuff where they've got people from the BrewDog community doing crazy things. So the BrewDog brand is the star of the show. So that makes a bit more sense. It has to be seen as a customer engagement tool rather than customer acquisition tool because traffic to this section of their website, in fact, they've got a separate domain at the BrewDog Network, uh, brewdognetwork.com. Traffic to this seems to be pretty low. um, So it has to be a customer engagement tool, which they're sending to existing fans rather than something to get uh, high, uh, you know, really good Um, new customers through. It feels a bit like a vanity project. But the important lesson to take from this is how many brands actually have a clear enough identity that you could put together a series of TV shows, essentially, where your brand is the star. To pull something like that off, you absolutely need to have a set of values. You need to kind of embody a particular group of people uh, and and how how they think and what they value and what they find interesting. So for me, as much as anything, the BrewDog Network shows that they really understand their target audience and you can clearly define BrewDog. And that's the one thing that all of these stunts have in common is that they're distinctly BrewDog. If you wanted to parody BrewDog, you really easily could. There's this saying, I think my brother taught it to me once, it was basically about uh, celebrities and public figures, right? And if you have a clearly defined personal style as a public figure, kind of the definition of that or one of the measurements of that is can people go to a fancy dress party dressed as you, right? So if we think about all the most recognizable and well personally branded people in our world, so you might think Donald Trump, you might think Heston Blumenthal, you might think Kim Jong-un, right? These are all people that you could parody and you could go to a fancy dress party dressed as because they have a very clear distinct style. Now, this might not be right for you, but for your business, it's a great thing to do. Is your business that clearly identifiable that somebody could parody you? If it's not, then chances are that you're very safe. And that's okay for some businesses. You might not want an accountancy firm that, you know, 
um, starts public beefs with other businesses. But if you if you can move into that territory where you're actually recognisable and you have a clear personality as a brand, you've got to be okay with the fact that some people aren't going to like that. And Brewdog is a perfect example of this. Other brands that do this particularly well, Patagonia. So Patagonia, nowhere near as kind of contentious as Brewdog but they do take a stand for things. They will happily take a stand against uh, practices in the fashion industry. Patagonia has a director of philosophy, which is almost, you know, you could just parody that really, couldn't you? You could have this whole range of directors of the brand, which are just these, you know, potentially non-business related things. And it's just purely about meaning. Uh, another brand that does this particularly well, uh, Lush, Lush Cosmetics. Lush Cosmetics just turned off all of their social channels. And they say that social media is bad for people, so they're just going to turn it all off. Well, again, you could quite easily parody that sort of behavior, couldn't you? You could make a, you could clearly define what behavior would and wouldn't be Lush Cosmetics based on a stunt like that. So there are loads of brands out there that don't have to be contentious, but they are taking a stand for something. And that allows you to see behind the stunt into the values of that brand. So that's the first thing that they're really doing well. And to flip this round on you, what does your business stand for? How would people know that something is or isn't you? And could they parody you? The second thing that BrewDog's doing well is their e-com priority. So BrewDog's e-commerce sales grew 13-fold over lockdown. Their website has put in a shift for them over the last couple of years, it's safe to say. And there are some great simple touches which just makes sense. Now, I'm not going to say their website is perfect. It's absolutely not. We could rip all day into the SEO. It's not ranking as well as it could because they haven't particularly tried to SEO it, it looks like. They've got ad campaigns running to it that aren't as carefully crafted as their beers are. And if you're new to buying craft beer, well, good luck on the BrewDog website. There's not much help for you at all. More on those later. But for BrewDog fans who just want to buy their beers, this site works pretty well. And there's a few nice touches. A couple of things that we're big fans of, the checkout notifications. When you click on add to cart, you get an instant notification. The button says added to cart. Often one of the problems with e-com sites is that there's no visible notification. When you click a button, you don't get any sorts of, sort of feedback at all. It doesn't show you where the checkout is. Another thing they do nicely benefits bar along the top, pretty straightforward, but they've got three things that they're calling out. Free delivery when you fill a box. We'll come back to that in just a second. They've got Planet Brewdog, join our brand new loyalty club. We'll come back to that as well. And now dispatching seven days a week within 48 hours. I mean, that's not technically seven days a week, that is it, but anyway, <laughs> whatever. Benefits bar works. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about is this free delivery thing. Now, delivering beer is kind of tricky, right? If people order three cans, how are you going to deliver that? It's going to be very costly to deliver it. Um, given the, you know, the, the, the ratio of delivery cost to product cost, it's going to be very high. So what they do instead is they have a, a chargeable delivery unless you fill in a box. And then you've got 24 slots in this box that you can fill with cans of beer. And there's a little notification at the bottom of the site that shows you how far along you've got with that. So that works really well. It not only works well to manage the delivery challenge and to make it simpler for them to deliver because they can have, you know, these boxes in their warehouse that they can fill up and they don't have to have loads of different package sizes, 
but it also obviously encourages an increase in average order value, which is going to be so important for a business like this. They've also got a fantastic reward scheme. Um, the reward scheme makes a lot of sense. It's called the uh, Planet Brewdog. The headline is Drink Beer, Earn Rewards, Kill Carbon. So as well as earning rewards for you, you also have like a little carbon offset thing that they do as well. And this is part of their new rebranded kind of sustainability drive. It's great to have a reward scheme. It's great to give people points or some sort of reward from buying from you, particularly for a business like BrewDog, where you can buy their product elsewhere. How do they incentivize you to buy it direct from them? And of course, why would they want to do this? They would want to do this because when you buy from them, they not only get the retail markup, they of course get the you know, the markup that they're selling to retailers. So it's much more profitable for them to sell direct. But they also get that all important customer data. When you buy BrewDog from a bar, they don't know who's drinking it. They don't know how often you're drinking. They don't know what other products of theirs that you like. But when you buy from them direct, they know all of these things. And that means they can run ads to you. It means they can run emails to you, targeting offers which are relevant to you. So that first party data is fantastic to have. That is the direct consumer gold rush that is going on now. This is why you see brands like Marmite selling direct. They want the customer data. They're scared that they're losing the ability to target people on Facebook and stuff like this. They don't want Facebook to become the guardians of customer data in the same way that the supermarkets have become. So they want that data for themselves, which is why everyone is moving to direct consumer now. So it's a smart move from uh, BrewDog there. They've also got some decent content on their site that's got them ranking for things like uh, beer gifts UK. They're ranking position one for that. They've got a whole gifting page on their website, which um, is basically a product category page, sort of. It's kind of an enhanced product category page because it's got different products, which would be suitable for gifts. And then it's got a bit of information as well. Then it's got uh, different ways to order products. You can shop by bundles, you can shop cider, spirits, merch, or you can shop by price, all that type of thing. So it's a decent page. And it's yeah, I mean, it could have a lot more content on. I'm not going to lie about that. There's fairly minimal, but it's ranking um, for granted a not massive, uh, massive keyword term. But yeah, it's ranking and they've done it. So the website is reasonably decent. Uh, above all, they obey the first law of conversion optimization, which is make it easy for customers to give you money. And time and time again, we are sent websites where it's not easy for customers to give that business money. So the question, the flip, the prompt back to you is how easy is it for people, for visitors to your website to give you money? If you're an e-commerce business, this path should be fairly straightforward. If you're a service business, this path should also be fairly straightforward. Now, you might not be selling accountancy directly through your website, but the call to action should be very straightforward. It should lead people through the sales process and it should be very easy for people to give you money through your sales process. It should be a slippery slide, which takes them into the wonderful world of paying you money. Okay, so that's the second thing that BrewDog's doing well. The third thing that BrewDog's doing well, and this is easy to underestimate, but it's ad creative. To be fair, on their Instagram feed and Facebook feed as well, their ad creative is good. It looks good. Well, it's not easy to make beer look good because there are so many limitations on what you can and can't do. It's definitely not easy to make cans look good. BrewDog sells beer in a can. Now, if you're anything like me, your image of alcohol in a can is the tramp at the park when it's dusk yelling things at the kids playing football. So you've got to get over that and turn this into a bit more of an aspirational product. Now, luckily, BrewDog's 
branding and their product design is really nice. It looks great. It's pure social media stuff. It's bright colors, bold fonts and all that type of stuff, which is great. But they put their cans in nice settings. They've got a good design on the back end. This is a brand that invests in their ad creative and design. There are a few exceptions, I'm not going to lie. But overall, it's good quality photography. It's uh, nice um, settings. It's yeah, They're doing a good job. They're making this thing look appealing. This might seem like a small thing. It's really not. So few advertisers put energy into their ad creative. You wouldn't imagine the amount of times that we start running a Facebook ads for a client or something and we're like, okay, do you have any ad creative? And they say, can you just take something from our website? Can you just find some pictures from our website? Can you just use stock images? And yes, of course, we can to an extent, but those stock images, the pixelated logo from your website is only going to get you so far. Really, if you want to compete with Facebook ads or Instagram ads, you have to have ad creative, which does a good job of selling you. Now, before we move into the things that BrewDog isn't doing so well, I just wanted to say, if you're enjoying this podcast so far, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, follow us on Spotify or whatever you find your podcast. We just got our data from Spotify, you know, the Spotify roundup for the year. Our listens and follows are up massively. So thank you for the support. And uh, if you've been following the podcast for a while, we really, really appreciate that. If you're not following the podcast already, then please click the follow button or subscribe or however you do it on your particular podcast platform. Don't forget also that if you need some help with your digital marketing, that is exactly what Exposure Ninja does. Some people think that we just share marketing information. We're actually a digital agency. We do this stuff for clients. We share the things that we learn through our podcasts and our videos. And this is just a way of us kind of contributing back and sharing what we learn and building trust with an audience. So if you want some free help with your digital marketing, we have a service called the Free Website and Digital Marketing Review. In this, we will analyze your website, your digital marketing, and your competitors to find the opportunity in your space. We will then put together a prioritized action plan that you can follow over the next six to 12 months to significantly increase the volume of leads and sales that your website is generating for you. All you need to do to request this is go to exposureninja.com forward slash review. That's exposureninja.com forward slash review. If you've been putting this off for a while, I would encourage you to do this right now for reasons that might become obvious over the next couple of months. So go to exposureninja.com forward slash review to request your free website and marketing review today. Okay, so BrewDog isn't nailing it on all counts. In fact, far from it. So let's take a look now at how they could take things to another level. Firstly, let's look at their website. Now, this site, as I said before, is decent for BrewDog fans. It's decent for people that already know the BrewDog type, the different beers that they sell, and they already know and love BrewDog. They speak craft beer. But that's not everyone. If you want to expand an audience, you also have to sell to the uneducated as well. And for newcomers on the BrewDog site, there is very little assistance. There is, for example, no reviews on their product pages, which is madness, right? Imagine having product pages where there are no reviews, particularly if there's only a couple of lines of text about the product itself. You need some sort of credibility, some sort of information in other people's words about why this beer is good or bad. It's madness, honestly. There is also no curation. So there are no lists of, oh, here's how to get started with us, or here are the things to try. 
one of their sort of semi-competitors, Honest Brew, has staff picks. And this is what we're drinking, where the Honest Brew team shares their favorite beers of the moment. Great thing to do. Absolutely fantastic. Now, there's loads that BrewDog could do. They could have a most popular beers this week. They could have a league table, which lists all of the beers that they're selling, how popular they are. That's a great way for someone to go straight to, ah, do you know what? This one's awesome. This is for me. They could have league tables of different types of beers, stouts and ales. And I'm way outside my comfort zone with beer. I've never drunk it. I think it's disgusting. But anyway, they could have different league tables for each of the different types of beer. So there really is loads that they could do to help people make the right choice and also help them discover new products. People who drunk this also like to drink this. And why did they like to do it? Here's a testimonial from someone who drunk this thing that you're already always drinking. And they said, oh, I tried this and I absolutely loved it. It's slightly more hoppy or whatever. (laughs) I'm not going to embarrass myself. Um, Another thing that they could do, this was picked up uh, by Jess, our marketing super ninja, exposure ninja. Why don't you have a quiz to help you find your perfect brew dog drink? Loads of examples of this online. You can make it fun. You can make it what brew dog beer are you? What brew dog drink are you? This can be great. Ask people questions about themselves. People love to answer that type of thing. And you can get some good recommendations. Give them a voucher code at the end just to incentivize them to purchase there. And then off you go. Jobs are good. Another issue, the navigation isn't the easiest. I'm going to talk you through their top menu across um, across the top of the site, as the name top menu would suggest, and it's really not that simple. So we've got beer, community, locations, shop. Okay, beer, community, locations, shop. Now, weirdly, the shop link and the beer link go to the same page. <laughs> yeah, pretty odd. Um, on mobile, this menu gets even worse because they've got this mega menu thing going on. But if you expand, for example, the shop thing, you've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 different submenu options. And then some of them have cascading submenus under that. It's really, really messy and it's really difficult to use. If I was going to be a very generous, I would say the mobile menu requires a bit of patience to use. If I was going to be scathing, I'd say this wasn't built for a human, right? This hasn't been thought through from a user perspective. I'd be very surprised if they've run heat mapping or user testing on this menu because it is very difficult. You've got different types of things lumped together. So shop or beer. And then you've got things like delivery and returns in the in the same menu, along with alcohol free and merch. Right, those are four different types of things that you're offering. I'm not talking about, you know, you could sell uh, beer, you could sell merch, you could sell cider. Those are the same category of thing. But shop all beer, that's taking you to a top level category page. Uh, you've got best sellers, which is, you know, completely different. Um, delivery and returns, which is an information page, and then merch, which is it's complete mess. And this is across all of their um, all of their sections of their shop. So it's it's really really sticky and not particularly useful to to, to use. Um, it also is very difficult when you're on in-betweeny size screens like an iPad or something um, to use that. So yeah, the site isn't perfect at all. We've got big SEO holes as well. Perhaps unsurprising given the rest of the issues so far that there is room for improvement with SEO. It's ranking well for, uh, for branded terms. There's a lot of search volume for things like BrewDog, for example. Um, but the next step would be to start challenging for the broadest terms possible. If you want to disrupt, rank prominently for the word beer. Rank prominently for beers. This is the fastest growing beer brand in the US. 
This is the fastest, this is the highest revenue craft beer in Europe. They should be challenging for top level terms. They should be very, very aggressive. If Brewdog is a disruptor, they need to be ranking for these terms and showing people who is boss. The way I see Brewdog is a little bit like Gymshark, starts as an outsider, becomes mainstream. And as we've seen with Gymshark putting a lot of attention into SEO, they can start to compete for leggings or gymwear or whatever, these really broad terms. Brewdog should be aiming for exactly the same stuff. Their link profile is going to be better than most of the sites they're competing against because of their history of money can't buy PR stunts and their links from all the news publications. So that's what they should be doing. Now, unfortunately, the page that's ranking or doing most of the heavy lifting for the broadest terms is their shop beer page, which is a pretty lame product category page uh, that I'm going to read you the copy. Don't worry, it's not long. The main event, the biggest range of the latest craft beer releases from Brewdog and breweries we know and love around the world already and waiting to be discovered. Now they want to rank for buy beer online because that's their page title. There's no mention of that anywhere on the page. They've got a sentence and a half starting with the main event, which is just completely relevant from an SEO perspective. It's not like they've sacrificed SEO for personality either. There's almost no information. There's no personality there either. So this beer page should be really a huge SEO asset. There should be information. There should be product subcategories. There should be best-selling products. There should be some kind of ordering. This should be a really, really key page for them, but it's weak. And in fact, their top ranking pages on the site are rarely category pages. And if you're an e-commerce business, your category pages should be doing a lot of heavy lifting for you. They should be the pages that are ranking for key broad commercial terms because they are super relevant for if I want to say, you know, I want to buy buy cider online, if I want to rank for that, it's my cider page that should be ranking. If I want to buy leggings online, it's my leggings page that should be ranking. So these category pages should be putting the heavy lifting in, but they all are way under-indexed on copy and they're pretty weak. Um, So yeah, it's a quick win. This is real low-hanging fruit e-commerce SEO stuff. But if you don't pick the low-hanging fruit, it doesn't matter how low hanging it is, you're not picking it, you're, you're starving. So yeah, lots of lots of room for opportunity with SEO. Now, with the PPC side of things, um, BrewDog has historically been quite against advertising. I think one of the founders, James, once said they'd rather burn money or pour money down the drain than spend money on advertising. Well, SE ranking estimates that they're spending over a couple hundred grand a month on PPC. So obviously something has changed along the way. Um, They're ranking number one organically for a phrase, uh, craft beer delivered to your door. It's a fairly long tail phrase, but they're also running ads to this. The page that they're running ads to though is their alcohol free beer page, which is completely, I'm not going to say it's not relevant, but it's definitely not the most relevant. That should be this this core beer shop page, right? This should be the main category page they're driving people through to. But alcohol free beer is only a subset of the whole beer market. And the danger is that someone searching for craft beer delivered to their door, likely to be searching for alcoholic beer. If they land on something non-alcoholic, they get the impression that Brewdog is non-alcoholic. So yeah, I mean, the PPC is there's some mismatch in targeting. They should be more aggressive with it. Craft Beer Delivery UK, they should absolutely be winning these because they are direct consumer. They're going to be competing against all the online stores. They're going to have higher margin than those online stores because they are manufacturing as well. So they should be competing and dominating for PPC. My gut feeling, my suspicion is that they've run some ads. They haven't been as well targeted as they could have. So they haven't had the ROI that they could have. 
And then they've kind of reacted to this and maybe dialed things back a bit in response to feeling a little bit burnt. Okay, finally, we're going to talk about social. Now, you might expect social media to be a natural home for a business as community and fan base led as Brewdog. This could be along the lines of Huel or Gymshark or something like that, where they've got a really passionate audience of fans. But actually, their engagement on every social channel is significantly under industry average. And considering that their industry competitors have, in most cases, way less personality than Brewdog, we were really surprised by this. And actually, sometimes it doesn't feel like there's a unifying social strategy at all. If we have a look at their Instagram account first, this is probably the the area that they're doing best with, the area that they're putting the most attention into. And they're doing some good stuff. The creative is solid. It's all good looking, nice, clean, professional shots. But there are no people. And for a business that is about community and people, the total lack of humans is kind of interesting. I'm talking about feed here. Now, they are using Reels, which is good because Reels is now Instagram's focus. Instagram looks at the threat from TikTok and says, we need to build Reels as our kind of core product. So if you're able to focus on Reels, this is a very good thing to do. And Brewdog is. And they're putting more attention into Reels than potentially their feed, which Whilst that's not where Instagram is now, it's probably where things are going. But they're not using stories. They don't seem to be using stories at all, which is odd, given that according to Instagram, a third of the most viewed stories come from brand. This should be a natural connection for them. There's also 770,000 posts using the BrewDog hashtag, which means there's an opportunity to do something more with influencer and user-generated content that they're not doing. And we find ourselves saying this time and time again with social. Brands that are generating a lot of user-generated content, they're just not using them as effectively, not using that stuff as effectively as they could. Most smaller and medium-sized businesses, they are crying out for user-generated content. As soon as they get mentioned, as soon as they get hashtagged, they're posting it everywhere. Look, people are talking about us, right? Well, some of these larger brands that they're generating loads of this stuff, they don't do anything with it at all. The danger of that is that these people, you know, they're not getting any recognition. You can make this community front and center on your profile. Brewdog Official could be all about celebrating Brewdog drinkers from around the world. At the moment, it is definitely not. If we move on to Facebook, um, again, they're, they're under-engaged from what uh, from what Social Blade um, sees them. I think about half the uh, engagement of industry competitors. One of the cardinal sins, and again, how many times do we see this in these teardowns, is that they're not actually replying to the complaints that are coming through in their feed. This is really, really dangerous. Some of these posts have 100, 200, 400, 600 comments on. The majority of them in some cases are complaints. When they're pitching a product, you get loads of people underneath saying, I've ordered this, it hasn't arrived. I've ordered this, it hasn't arrived. You then get this kind of sub-community where people are sharing tips on how to get Brewdog's attention. Oh, I tried messaging them on Messenger and they said that it would be two days, but then I got an immediate response. And then you get other people saying, thanks, I'm going to try that. There's like this community about how to actually get customer service from Brewdog, which is mental, right? This is the fastest way for bad sentiment to spread. Because if I'm feeling dissatisfied and I go on a page and see that loads of other people, in some cases, hundreds of other people, are feeling exactly the same way as I am, they haven't had their objections or their problems answered, I then immediately feel much more validated with my complaint and I get much more angry because this is no longer a me issue, this is a brew dog issue. They are not replying to their customers. This is poor service. And that's what you see people saying. You see people moving from I'm dissatisfied to this is bad service, this is a horrible company, that type of thing. So 
it wouldn't take much. It's probably one person's job to make the connection between people's names, their comments, and go and look for their orders in the system and keep on top of it. But somebody needs to do this. They need to do it. You cannot ignore this. Okay, talking about cannot ignore, um, let's move on to TikTok. Uh, So TikTok, by far the fastest growing social platform, uh, the highest downloads of any social media uh, app in 2020, and engagement time is just increasing. It is ridiculously addictive if you haven't spent time on TikTok. Um, The danger point where you have to put your attention into TikTok is rapidly getting closer. So I'd say spend some time on it, figure out the different language that you need to talk on TikTok as soon as possible. Brewdog haven't done this yet. So whilst there is plenty of Brewdog content on TikTok, people using the Brewdog hashtag have had 4.9 million views. Brewdog's own page uh, has three videos from months and months ago, I think five, six months ago, and they seem to have just left it. Now, this is slightly odd because this is where their audience is spending their time. You've got people searching on TikTok for things like Brewdog Advent Calendar Review, Brewdog Beer Reviews. So people are actually searching for Brewdog information. Brewdog is not spending their time in this place. And the danger is that the you don't get to establish yourself as the credible authority on your brand in this space, it gets away from you, right? So there's absolutely no reason not to get on TikTok for a brand like Brewdog that's customer facing, where there's a high volume of people already posting is absolutely ludicrous. Okay, so wrapping up then, what have we learned? These There are plenty of lessons for a brand that's doing well, but they're not doing perfectly. Firstly, the stuff that they're doing right covers the stuff that they are not doing right. Namely, the brand as a whole, it stands for something, it has personality and it's distinctive. Some people criticise Brewdog's publicity stunts and without doubt, driving a tank through London might not be the right fit for your solicitor's practice in Hull. (laughs) But you can't argue that these stunts have built Brewdog's personality. So the takeaway for you is do you know what your business stands for and against? And this doesn't have to be you're picking fights, you're battling people. This can be as simple as, for example, if you are a solicitor's practice, right? Um, I remember working with a solicitor's firm in the early days of Exposure Ninja, helping them hone their, uh, their message around. They operate in a particular sector of law and they were really passionate. I think it was um, housing for people on benefits and they were fighting landlords who had uh, you know, they were taking um, an unethical stance against people on benefits. These people on benefits didn't have the ability to fight for themselves often. So they'd be representing, you know, a housing association or whatever. And they were really passionate about this. And it came through everything that they did. The guy who ran the business was one of the leading experts in this field. And they were so, so passionate about we're not going to let you be trampled. We are here to stand up for you, you know, and, and there's a real underdog story there. So even with a potentially boring business like that, and I use boring in inverted commas because actually no business is boring once you get to know it. But even for a potentially unsexy business, let's say like that, there is a passion, there is an angle, there is a something that you're standing for and that you're standing against. If you're solving a problem, you are standing against that problem. You are passionate about helping people fix that problem. So how can you demonstrate that passion to your audience? Of course, through what you sell, but also through the information, through the content that you share. The next thing, Brewdog's website, pretty much okay-ish for repeat customers. That's about about as generous as we're going to be. It obeys the foundation principle of conversion rate optimization, though, which is make it easy for people to give you money. Their loyalty program, also a very good way of 
capturing and retaining customers and first-party data at higher margins. So the takeaway here for you, how easy is it to give your business money? This applies whether you're an e-commerce business or a service company or lead gen or whatever. How easy is it for people to transact with your business? The easier you can make it, the more barriers that you can remove, the more you will make from your marketing. It is that simple. And the third lesson that we can take from this, social and ad creative. Looks good, they put time into content production. Sure, they could use their audience more. Sure, they could get more user-generated content. Sure, they could feature more humans as that's what social media is about. But the takeaway here for you, how much time and energy do you put behind your social and ad creative? Does it represent the absolute best of your brand or is it an afterthought? Is it the thing you do at 10 to 5 on a Friday is quickly knock up something and just stick it out there to make sure that you've done your post for the week or something like that? And by the way, I'm not so suggesting that that's an optimal frequency. So how does your business look across all the different platforms and you put a lot of time and energy making sure that you look good on your website. Is that represented across all of your social channels as well? So I hope you've enjoyed this show. I hope those takeaways are useful and you've enjoyed a bit of a look through at Brewdog's Digital Marketing. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, wherever you like to get your podcast from. And don't forget to go and request your free website and digital marketing review from the team here at Exposure Ninja. You can do that at exposureninja.com forward slash review. Until next week, see you soon.